and this is my new podcast a podcast about leaders from the indian sales community and stories of their success failures and learnings my dear guest for today is mr amit agarwal amit is the author of the hugely successful book the ultimate sales accelerator and the senior vice president for sales at manthan systems in bangalore three interesting things about amit Uh, he sold in over 23 countries across different startups secondly uh, he's coined this new term called salespreneur which we'll learn more about in the podcast and thirdly again he's introduced a new strategy about use case selling uh, in his in his book so i'm i'm really excited to learn more about amit's journey so far and and his learnings so uh, welcome to the podcast amit thank you so much how are you Oh, excellent! Yes, thanks for having me here. Always a pleasure to learn and share. Thank you very much. Wonderful. So, Amit, uh, uh, you started out your career, if I'm right, as as a software engineer, and yeah. then transitioned into into a role or a career in sales. So, yes. how did that happen? So, I think fundamentally, as I always say, that we all are in sales. Yes, you know. So, uh, even though I was working as a software engineer. or as a account manager or as a program manager there was always we were selling you know selling internally some ideas selling to our clients in form of either implementations or something or the other having said that you know the what i have seen is as my journey of full fledged field sales the percentage changed you know so what is the meaning of it the when you look at sales sales is measured primarily on one metric called order booking correct which is how many what is the let's say you have 1 million goal correct and you know you have booked 800000 order booking or 1 million order booking that's the number so as we transition as i transition into different roles that percentage of that particular parameter metric changed you know so when when i was project manager maybe that was not even a metric which was i was me- measured on correct okay. as an account manager my percentage increased correct yes. as a practice head of business intelligence and data warehousing that percentage if i remember was around 40% correct so when i joined startups correct? when i joined startups I, they told me dhanda leke aaiye correct so <laughs> from that perspective what happened is that particular metric became 100% you know? so okay. so that is the transition which i saw that and what has helped me fundamentally in that transition is that uh, the love for what i say what is the higher cost for bringing business so yeah. when 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 i moved from from you know companies which were very large to startups mm-hmm. and the metric moved from from let's say a smaller percentage to 100% and then i realized that in a startup the sales or the business which is coming is like uh, nectar is nectar imagine if you don't have nectar correct uh-huh. what happens yes. so it's it's food it's nectar so that is the importance which i got that i actually uh, mentioned it in my in my book also that uh, it was i was talking to my team and i said do you know the impact of your work and uh, you know they were very they were thinking it's a normal sales review and they were very surprised to hear this and before they could answer they couldn't answer so i said you know aapke kaam ke karan 180 ghar ke chulo mein roti banti hai so because of your work bread get cooks in 180 households so that yes. particular higher cost i think that particular thing while working in startup i realized an importance of sales so that i of think course. that's been a wonderful transition and that has kept me going that, that wherever i work whether it is manthan or previous that higher cost you know that we are contributing to to livelihood we are contributing to economy correct correct that's what yeah. i like about sales the most yes i i think that's that's a very interesting point that you've put that you're probably contributing to other people's lives in a way by bringing the sales so yeah, yeah definitely the yeah. higher cost point yes so yeah. so amit uh, of course you transitioned from a technical role to to a sales career job uh what would you suggest someone who's probably right now working uh in 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 a technical role looking to get into sales uh is is there any advice that you would want to pass on yeah i think you know the the first is 
when when somebody wants to go into sales we need to ask why there's a book called from simon sinek start with why <laughs> you know even in my book if you notice first chapter is why this book correct so whatever decision we are doing uh, yes i would highly recommend if suppose somebody is in technical field and you want to uh, go to uh, you know uh, sales then the question is why okay. why why could be let's say what could be the reasons why could be a higher cost correct why the things which we were talking about correct the why could be also one element of why could be financial freedom faster because okay. sales is one of the disciplines where you can earn very high incentive or variable salary which could be greater than your fixed salary correct typically the fixed to variable ratio is 70 30 80 20 correct whereas yes. in sales it could be 50 50 or it could be much higher because based on where you have joined it could be uncapped yes. so financial freedom could be another it could also be that i like serving clients i like meeting mm-hmm. clients you know i am very good at you know in in solving problems meeting people talking to them you know sometimes when you are in technical field you don't know what are your skills mm-hmm. right sometimes people can say my wise i am a great storyteller storyteller can be also in good technical people correct because they are crafting yes. positions i am a good storyteller and i think by being in sales i can uh, my, i can use my stories to move people to help them so that point number 1 is why has to be very clear once the why is very clear we also need to do that what skills we need to develop for that correct correct so one of the simplest thing uh, you know is that in order to develop any skill yes the simplest uh-huh. thing is to read three books in that area correct why do we say simplest and it is also the cheapest what would be a price of a book according to you yes what would be the rate yeah anywhere between 200 to 500 you you of course yeah, get a good book yes correct 200 to 500 it is not even a price of a starbucks coffee correct so okay. starbucks coffee will give you instant gratification correct yes it will give you lifelong gratification the choice is yours correct correct so from that perspective my dear i would suggest three books pick three books let's say in this case sales pick those three books correct correct so once the why is clear correct the yes. the the skill part which is the sales skill that is clear uh, which i call it as iq correct. iq okay. part intelligent quotient in that yes. area which is sales uh-huh. the third thing which i would say is developing service mindset or empathy correct so now the okay. question is service mindset and empathy how do we develop i think the easiest way because i am a very implementation focused person the easiest yet difficult way is mindfulness so the service okay. mindset doesn't come only by thinking about it correct or empathy doesn't come we we say don't shout at people be gentle to them love your clients it is all set academic so in my case what has helped me the most especially in last 2 years is when i spent going inward time going inward you know when i did vipassana meditation when i did dream science and symbols interpretation course which is continuous yearly course so and i practice meditation daily so what has helped that feverishness feverishness goes away right? okay. that empathy and service mindset automatically develops wow so these are the three things i would say be clear on your why develop sales iq skills which is by start with reading books. books yes and the third is develop eq emotional quotient in sales which can start by doing mindfulness mindfulness could be a meditation practice it is important to be regular about it it could be 20 minutes it's okay but if we are regularly regular about even small things they will get bigger wow. that's that's very interesting amit i i i i said i think yeah that's that's a very good suggestion for someone to of course start by reading books that's that's very important for learning anything and the second part about mindfulness as well so yeah so so amit uh, i think you have kind of learned all these things over a, a span of multiple years yeah. like probably once like when you started out in sales early uh, you you would not have known all these things so how do you think the, the sales role or sales in general has transitioned over the years since you've you've got into it 
Yeah, I think the more than how sales is transition, we have to look at how buyer on product, let's say a CRM product or a marketing yeah. cloud, you know, in, information on internet, such kind of content was not easily available. Correct. So the, the power shift, if we look at sales and if we look at buyers, you know, the power shift was more towards salespeople. Correct. There, Palra was more bhari. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whereas the buyer community was dependent more on the sales okay, to give okay. them information. Now, with advent of internet, okay, with advent of, of information available, beautiful websites, case studies, content, what is available is they say around 60 to 70 percent research is done upfront by the buyers. You know? So okay. they are more informed. The power has shifted in their side. Buyer, buyer weight is much higher now. Okay. It's a buyer's market, yes. It's a buyer's market because the information, uh, there is more information available with them. So with that point coming into picture, the sales discipline, how it has changed there. In fact, there is a beautiful study by Forrester which said the death of a B2B salesman, right? which actually predicted that by 2020, which is this year, around 1 billion jobs would be lost in sales in US alone, B2B, correct? And the, the point they were talking about is, they, they said, you know, consult people, the salespeople who are consultants, you know, who enlighten, who, who actually enlightens their customers. Those are the people who will survive. In fact, their jobs will grow. So in, in basically what they were talking about, as you were asking how it has shifted, that Salespeople, according to me, now in my definition, I call it specialist doctors. So what is a specialist doctor? A specialist doctor does two things. One is he has a deep knowledge of his expertise area. Whether it is, let's say, an eye doctor or a, you know, uh, any specialization, heart doctor, he will have very strong knowledge in that area. Yes or no? He or she? Absolutely. The second area is that you look at doctors, if you go and meet them, they are extraordinary communicators. You know, if you go and meet them, they will develop rapport very easily. Correct? You will feel comfortable even to a stranger doctor. You never met them, yet you feel so comfortable. That means they are extraordinary communicators. Yes. So these two skills are the what I call specialist salespeople. Sales owners need to be specialist doctors because they need to be experts in the area which they are selling. And secondly, they need to be extraordinary communicators. Correct. So this is what I, how I see as the balance shifted more towards buyer. You know, this the the onus of sales owners to develop expertise in communication. Being specialist doctor has shifted more and more. Correct. So uh, yeah, you, you you very likely mentioned that you need to have information about the industry that you're working in. Yes. And this is something that. Uh, sometimes in, 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 a, in a role which involves a lot of sales, you tend to push for the sales more and have less information about what you're talking about. And, yeah. and that creates a lot of difference. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. In fact, since you mentioned, you know, uh, have you heard the term ABC of sales? Uh, yeah, definitely. Always be closing. <laughs> yeah. So do you know what is the new ABC of sales? Uh, yeah, please. It, it, I mentioned in the book also is you know the a new ABC of sale is always be connecting. Correct. Yeah. So moving from always be closing to always be connecting. You know. So that's the key, and that is in alignment with what you said. Correct. Perfect. Perfect. So Amit, of course. So uh, you, uh, as a matter of fact, you kind of uh, uh, talked about it, but there, there's this love hate relationship with the with with sales, like. Uh, there's some people who absolutely love it. Uh, people like probably you and me who have, who enjoy being in this in this career. Yeah. Uh, but there, are, there there's there's a negative connotation attached to the word sales very often. So uh, why do you think it is so? Is it because of the things that we talked about? People not focusing on the, the information but trying to push and sell. Yes, the negative connotation is certainly there. Uh, you know, and uh, just to share some of my experiences. When I was talking to a professor in uh, one of the IIMs, and he said nobody wants to apply, no, none of his students want to apply for sales jobs, correct? Uh, and I was talking to uh, one CEO, and he said, uh, "Sales walon ko kuch to chhut bolna chahiye." 
they need to be lying a little bit. Uh, and one another person said, no, unko jugadu hona chahiye. So there has been that negative connotation of uh, about sales as such in the, and some of this also is because of that used car salesman philosophy, which is a very slimy, sleazy, uh, pushy, uh, getting his or her work done kind of a person. Correct? So how do we change that perception? Correct? The, the perception is not about, you know, you don't have a control over your past. Correct? It's happened. What we can do is what is now. So as we spoke about, one is, you know, do, do we believe in a higher purpose in sales? Okay. So I have also coined the definition of sales, uh, which is given in the book, is that serve with authenticity, love, expertise, and smile. Okay. So S for serve, A for authenticity, L for love, E for expertise, and S for smile. Okay. So if, in fact, this acronym itself, if we start believing in this acronym and if we start focusing on each word, you know, whether it is serve, whether it is authenticity, whether it is love, whether it is expertise and smile, it will change the perception. I mean, you reflect on it. Tell me that if you or any of us address mm -hmm. each of these things, will the perception not change? Yeah, most definitely. Those, those things are very helpful. Yes. Okay. So the, the question is about uh, the is about implementation. So when we say, say serve, are we doing, uh, seeing it as act of service, authenticity, yes. you know, what is authenticity means if suppose, you know, let's say you are in negotiation and if we have agreed on a particular number with a customer, you know, and we, we have said, we will give this, this, this to you. And now you are facing resistance within your organization. Right? We need to be authentic that you have promised that to that customer, even if it requires you to leave your company. Correct. Correct. Oh, that's if it requires, let's say you have told customer that this is the best I can do and the customer is not agreeing, agreeing, then if, even if it requires for you to say no to your customer, that is authenticity. Similarly, yes. love, easier thing to understand. Expertise is the thing which we were talking about, like doctor, right? developing whatever you are selling, do you have right expertise in it? Correct. Expertise in it. Correct. Smile, of course, is quite, quite common within the sales fraternity, you know, something which we all do. If we combine all these five things, that is the spirit of sales, which I would say will serve people a lot. Wow, wonderful. So, Amit, uh, do you think things have been changing? Like, uh, from, from how they were before, do you think there's more transparency, there's more authenticity, uh, and there are better people who are trying to serve their clients? Yeah, I think one is that uh, the in this digital, as, as Forrester predicted, uh, the death of B2B salesmen and all of that, you know, so the, uh, and the information weightage power has gone to buyers, correct? So people who will survive in sales, correct, have to adopt these things. Now, only the percentage will vary. You know, somebody on a scale of 10, maybe scoring nine, you know, somebody scoring seven, somebody six, it is certainly not zero. It is improving, correct? And anybody who is not moving up the, value chain in terms of this scale, they will have to, you know, they, their results will then make them either change, you know, uh, there is no choice, I would say. Correct. Okay. So, so Amit, uh, uh, recently, of course, last year, as a matter of fact, uh, you published your first book, yeah. uh, uh, which you called as the ultimate sales accelerator. Yeah. And first of all, thank you very much for writing the book. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I mean it with all, yeah, I mean it with all my heart that I, mm. I, I picked up this book from somewhere. I don't exactly remember. I must, must have read something on LinkedIn yeah. and I picked up this book. Uh, I started reading it and for the first, like I, I read it for, uh, for the first time and I, I was happy and I learned a few things, but then I thought that I need to read it more carefully. And that is how, when I read it for the second time and picked so many more things that I missed out first. And that is why I thought that I need to connect with you. I need to talk with you. Thank so you. thank you very much, uh, first thank of all, you. for writing the book. You are uh, right. Yeah. So uh, there's this one theme, one centralized theme that you talk about in the book. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the new sales strategy, uh, which is use case selling. Yeah. So yeah. So what can you tell us about it? Uh, uh, of course. Uh, uh, and and I would want to understand how does, as as me as a salesperson using use case selling, how, how does it make a difference to my client? Why should I do it? Yeah. So, you know, what I, what I would, I will, I will help you understand is let's say there are two parts to it. One is you understand the PhD, 
correct? PhD. Yes. So, yes. how much time does a PhD requires, Yash? Uh, five years is, is the standard timeline, yes. Correct. Uh, five years on an average, correct. So, yes. there is also another thing called already PhD. Correct. <laughs> what is already PhD, Yash? Uh, they pass it on to the, the, the famous people, I, I believe. Correct. That's, that's correct. what Shah Rukh Khan got, yes. Yeah, yes. So, do you think, let's say, you know, if I get an honorary PhD in, uh, you know, let's say in physics right now, correct? Uh, and you get an honorary PhD in, let's say, chemistry. Honorary, maybe we, we are famous people, let's say there's somebody. Will you, can you talk or do you, will you have expertise on chemistry or will I have expertise in physics? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, correct. So that's the reason, you know, in use case selling, if you might have noticed that, uh, it requires it, it requires depth you know, so it requires a lot of practice uh, in order to do this the framework as you know is quite simple it's a four pillar framework uh, however it requires you know it's like practicing 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 uh, it's like you know when you cycle for the first time you fall correct but when you cycle cycling it cycle 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 for some time then even after 20 years you can cycle like i am doing you know i started cycling after 20 years again so that time is very important if i share everything on this it will become as a it will look very simple you know it will however it will become as honorary phd right so yes. having said that so i would highly recommend to your uh, people who are visit uh, viewing this uh, uh, webinar or uh, this discussion that they if they are keen in developing sales as a life skill, you know, use case selling will help. And for that, if they read the book and then go to the website salespreneur.co, it will further deepen it. Having, since you have asked the question, let me give you some context of it. Correct? So what use case selling will do is it will transform your buyer to a user. Okay. So what is the meaning of it? Let me, let me share certain examples. Correct? So, <laughs> I, I mentioned this in my book also in the first chapter that uh, I met a chief marketing officer from one of the mm -hmm. largest banks in Asia, correct? And uh, when I met the person, largest bank, you know, has everything. And of course, you might be thinking, why am I here? I was representing a, a startup. Correct? So okay. I said, can I ask you one question, please? He said, sure. And the question I ask is, what is the audience size? on your website, correct? He said 12 million. Mm -hmm. This next question I asked is, among these 12 million, who are the, can you identify who are your existing customers and can you identify who are your new to bank prospects, correct? Mm -hmm. He looked at me, then he looked at the right six people sitting and, and then in a little anger tone, he said no. Yeah. Then I asked the third question, which made him angry. I said, can you personalize the experience of existing customers on the website? Correct. Correct. He actually raised his tone. He said, I just told you I can't even identify. If I can't even identify, how can I personalize? Rest is history. Now, okay. if you look at it, you know, what, what was happening when I entered that room, the CMO and his team were buyers. Okay. They knew what, what they have and they pretty much thought they have everything. You know, when we move a person from buyer to user, which is, mm -hmm. which we did as a part of these three questions, a user is a person who doesn't know what he wants. Correct. So in a way, if you are addressing the unknown needs of your buyer, you move him to a user category. Interesting. So can, what, can, can you simplify that? Like that's yeah. very so profound. For example, yes. example, in this example, if you look at it, you know, when, when the, unknown needs of, of the CMO was uh -huh. ability to identify the customers among uh -huh. the 12 million visitors, ability to identify existing customers and new to bank. Correct. So that was an unknown need. It was not there. And then the next unknown need was ability to personalize the experience uh -huh. of the existing customers, each one of them differently on the website. For doing yeah. this, first you have to identify. Correct. Correct. So some, so these are needs. So what, what use case selling does, as you understand that four part structure and, and use the checklist, use the template, you will be able to craft your proposition in such a way 
that every time you meet a a potential buyer you will transform the buyer to user and when the buyer moves to user then the power asymmetry asymmetry moves to the salesperson interesting correct oh, because yeah. you know you know if somebody has to look at you as an expert correct when mm-hmm. when they were buyer they think they are expert correct the salesperson is here perfect when the when when you use use case selling what happens is salesperson comes here and the buyer is here the point is not to show that there is a disbalance the point is that because you are serving them through and helping them understand their unknown needs correct mm-hmm. then you are serving them implement things which they themselves didn't do so that is the if you ask me the one thing about use case selling is that it enables a transition of buyer to a user correct and of course as you understand the structure more as as you have done of course as implemented you know because there are various exercises given in the book so that you implement it it's like yes. cycling just by cycling one day you will not master it okay yes. but if cycle for let's say 1 2 3 months then even after 20 years you you can cycle correct yes yes absolutely so amit uh, the, the the first thing that you did probably in the in, in the story as well that you told is that you asked some very relevant and good questions okay so again uh, you've talked about this in the book and yeah. how, how to build this practice of asking good questions i think no one in the world would disagree especially someone who's working in sales that we need to ask good questions so how do you probably can can you share some uh, advice on how do we start with asking good questions how do we build that habit yeah so actually you know this uh, question thing is uh, as you rightly said is quite prevalent and sometimes uh, even misused in uh, sales context you know that we are only asking 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 correct 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 my my suggestion here is that uh, we have to ask the following questions to ourselves ourselves meaning okay. the sales person and the okay. question are only two the first is if i have to ask only one question if i have to ask only one question to my client or my prospect what would that question be correct or the second question is if i have to ask maximum 3 questions to my clients which could be of service to the client and could be a win win to both of us what would be those so if we use this framework of 1 and 3 correct mm-hmm. if you look at an example also it was 3 correct, correct. so yes. if, and you know you may say that you know how to develop this so develop it is by practicing so let's say you know if you go for a meeting then ask yourself if i have to ask only one question which would service what would be three questions when we train our mind in that way yes what happens na the mind is very powerful yes automatically you know see if you have only one question to ask you will find the best question yes yes if you have three questions to ask you will automatically you know get rid of all the seven others which you were coming in your mind correct correct makes a lot of sense yes i think the problem was not uh, that the questions uh, the problem was too many questions correct too many questions even certain questionnaires are sent in excel they are not ending so they are overwhelming correct right. so so i think if we focus on less is more correct either we use one or we use three and we use the word which is an which will be of service to client correct yes You know, interesting so ah uh, that you know and you don't need to have an answer right now yes i know you might be thinking what you can ask in your client meeting so if you use this structure correct yeah i can guarantee your answer will come interesting yeah and, and this kind of also uh, the the pareto law which is like the, the, the what is the 20% of the things that that can give you 80% of the results so yeah this makes a lot of sense that way as well precisely yes yes absolutely so amit also uh, another thing uh, that uh, is important uh, is is to be able to tell good stories yes uh, yes uh, and uh, so again uh, how do we build a repository of stories with us so that we can utilize them when the situation is right how, how do you do that is there some advice again yeah no absolutely so one is that uh, one the simplest form of story do you like to know what is the simplest form of story yes definitely i yeah. so what what is the form of story 
according to me is metaphor yes simplest form so let's say let's talk about some examples so when we say when a father i am a father of two lovely sons if i tell them you are my sunshine correct and you are the what is happening you know there is a metaphor being created between sunshine and kids correct 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 if uh, if i am telling there is another very strong metaphor which says uh, one of the authors did which is social media access of social media is like giving cigarette to a 13 year old kid yes <laughs> the another metaphor uh, is which which i recently created is uh, sales sales and stories are like dal and chawal they are sumptuous went together correct so the ability to create metaphors you know why metaphors work if you notice the moment you use metaphors it creates a visual image in the mind of the listener yes or no absolutely absolutely when i said sunshine sunshine is coming in your mind you know uh, when i said cigarette in the hands of 13 year old both are coming in your mind when when i said dal and chawal you know dal and chawal is coming and you are comparing it with sales and stories correct therefore i say it is the simplest form of storytelling so if somebody develops you know and to to develop it is very simple i have written in the book also basically first take a situation step 1 mm-hmm. like in the case of of uh, let's say the kids it was the mm-hmm. uh, love towards kid how do i develop the second mm-hmm. is take a comparison symbol which in this mm-hmm. case is sunlight mm-hmm. sunshine correct correct third is join these two by the word called it's like is like are like oh. mm-hmm. okay so i said you know um, my kids are there uh, you are my sunshine correct so you is my kids you know uh, i can also say you are like my sunshine correct so you are comparing two dissimilar objects correct right then i say sales and stories are like dal and chawal so dal and chawal is the the comparison object sales correct. and stories is the situation correct correct is like and are like is joined of course if i take some sales examples let's say in one of the client in middle east uh, there was a pricing negotiation happening and the client was thinking that the 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 software is of good quality wonderful quality however the price is higher so you okay. know what what i did is i said uh, you know in order to address that environment i said that our software is like price our software is like mercedes benz and it is priced at toyota toyota corolla <laughs> if you look at you know there are two metaphors happening you know of course software is like mercedes benz so addresses the quality and mm-hmm. price at toyota corolla you know mm-hmm. which is lesser price in both its yes. comparison objects are what mercedes benz and toyota corolla correct 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 and the situation was quality and pricing mm-hmm. yes and is like an r like was used okay. perfect so this is the easiest form of storytelling now if you ask what could be the other things you know first i would recommend do this because if if we start doing this exactly amazing correct yes this is the easiest form of storytelling according to me the other ways are are follows the first is that practice storytelling without any powerpoint or any any yes. prop so Correct. when you go to a client meeting you know mm-hmm. try doing a presentation without any powerpoint so what will happen you don't have any choice of course for that you have to practice Correct. you have to practice so automatically the goal is very clear that i have to not use the powerpoint okay so and when you it sounds very easy when you develop mm-hmm. capability you have your your uh, storytelling abilities come from within correct check it out i can guarantee it guarantee it that when you don't use powerpoint or any other aid you have no other option that's one second is tell stories to your younger ones whether if uh, you know kids or your relatives i am i tell two stories to my kids now it is little lesser yet 
you know the reason my storytelling capabilities have increased is because of my kids because they were very persistent that i have to tell them new story every night so i am not even reading books i have to create those stories understood so again we are we are what we repeat so if i am repeating new stories again and again and again what is happening my skills are getting harnessed same thing for you or for the audiences who are watching this if you develop tell stories to either younger ones or to anybody younger ones is easier yes the third is watching tech talks so i have mentioned three tech talks in the book uh-huh. uh you know i think one is julian treasure uh, another is start with why simon senek and uh-huh. uh, i think another is uh, Mal- malcolm gladwell i think uh-huh. three i have mentioned those three are specially on storytelling you can also search you can check the book you can search uh, these three tech talks when you watch you look what is happening how are they creating contrast how are they pausing because we learn from from people if we watch them very clearly and then reflect on it if the tech talk is of 18 minutes after that we write down okay how did they establish contrast where did they pause what did they say which created visual images in my mind correct okay. mm-hmm. and we do it for at least these three of them write them down okay. the fourth aspect of this is that we join something as a what we call a speaking club correct right? speaking yeah. club either it could be toastmaster or anything because what yeah. happens now when you go there and you have to speak for 6 minutes yeah you develop those capabilities it is correct it is simply yes we are a product of what we repeat here correct right? wow if we yes. are repeating those six stories sorry those stories for 6 minutes in toastmaster anywhere if we are telling those stories to our younger ones or kids if we are going to presentations where we are not using presentations correct <laughs> these are habits and if we are watching tech talk and then reflecting not only watching ki where did they pause how did they establish contrast correct correct and i can tell you you can watch any storytelling courses they will not help you that much which implementation things which we are discussing right now will help you and if correct. you have to pick one thing among all of them pick metaphor interesting interesting so definitely amit that's that's some very solid advice and uh, something that i would just want to add on is that uh, to the ones that are listening that we need to start small and we need to start somewhere yes. so uh, rather than uh, thinking about that you would want to become the best storyteller there ever is uh, of course you would want to become that but you need to start somewhere and start small so yeah start by probably the metaphor part where yes. you just kind of make up metaphors out of thin air like yes amit did yes, yes. perfect perfect so amit uh, uh, since you've written the book on, on a personal note i want to ask uh, what what is probably one of the surprising things or one of the best things that happened to you since since you've released the book because of course i've i've read good reviews about it on the internet as well so what what is one thing that you could share with us yeah i think so you know the when we did the several wonderful things which have happened uh, over time Uh, in last 9 months since the book has released uh, i'm very grateful to uh, to universe uh, to all the people who have read this book they have been very supportive so this is absolutely wonderful if you ask me among this many things what is one thing which i remember is that uh, and which i'm very very grateful is that when we did a book launch of uh, my book in bangalore uh and it was i think october november and my parents were also visiting during that time and uh, our chief guests were there mr t n hari and mr atul jalande were also there uh and i think around 45 50 people were there in that uh, mm-hmm. uh, gathering and uh, at that point of time when we were sitting on the stage uh my parents were sitting in the first row while i was speaking um, mr t n hari later on went to them and he called me also and he said i can see a sense of pride on your face uh to my parents you know the joy which you felt when he was speaking uh, hearty congratulations to you you know and that was a big moment because i mean i have done a lot of good things uh, my parents are proud of however this thing i could see a different thing 
different and when wow. they were holding that book uh, to, for the posing the photograph or the so around my entire family my sons my the my parents and my the, the chief guest all of us especially my parents looking at that book that was a very high moment because that is a different sense of satisfaction or uh, pride which i could see on their faces so that is something which which is very dear to me and quite vividly in my memory <laughs> oh wow wow i i hope i can make my parents equally proud <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so yeah so moving on uh, uh, i i would just now want to talk about a bit on the hiring part because uh, hiring good people uh, especially hiring of course it's probably across all different domains but hiring good sales people they say is is a very difficult job is that so getting good sales people is a difficult job yes what you know that is certainly true that uh, uh, the it is certainly difficult from various perspectives one is the readiness of sales people right? readiness of sales people and readiness depends on two things one is what if one what they have done themselves okay? mm-hmm. the other is what their ecosystem has enabled them to do okay both things mm-hmm. so so that is the reason i see gap at both places one is as sales people uh, are we spending enough time in sharpening our own x they say na if we had 8 hours 6 hours i will be sharpening my x correct yes then 2 hours i will be cutting the tree so okay these people are we sharpening our x you know, which is developing our skills in both iq area and eq area remember i yes. talked about in the linkedin intelligent quotient and yeah emotional quotient correct correct so that's one the second is the ecosystem part so what is the ecosystem asking them are they helping them in terms of developing those skills are they also measuring them on that skill development or is it only about how much order booking you have done correct because if it is only about that it creates feverishness correct okay so that is the reason you know uh, why hiring what would say i would say that uh, you you said sales people is bit difficult because there is a challenge both at individual development as well as the uh-huh. system support correct correct and some of it which i am helping or you know i am working towards through my book through my linkedin post or through uh, you know the sales preneur uh, ecosystem is that mm-hmm. at least on the support side if we mm-hmm. can provide certain uh, we inspire people you know, then mm-hmm. hopefully the individual will also get inspired and put a step forward correct correct so that is certainly i think those are the challenges and uh, if you say you know so what are the things to address as i mentioned you know self development is the mm-hmm. key in this case because there is you know i do they do we do this is another okay. thing correct uh-huh. it's very easy to say you know uh, they do so suppose i am a sales person i will say they do who is they they are client they is my boss they is my uh, you know team they is my company it's very easy to say you know when we say they do you know it is like pointing finger correct yeah, we are looking outward you know mm-hmm. it's always good to look inward you know so if i say i do so even in any form i start with what can i do then it is we do correct then it is they do correct so in this regard i think if we start focusing suppose i am going for an interview you are going for an interview so i can ask what can i do to be of service to that organization to mm-hmm. be of to create extraordinary value in sales for them what skills i need to develop Uh-huh. and that skills could be one skill or three skill i think not more than that one or three okay if okay. i start asking that you know then that whole framework as i will change and of course the same thing has to be asked by the ecosystem as well so uh, so if when you interview candidates is this yeah. one of the things that you look into uh, that have have they invested in themselves have they probably learned something Uh, which which is more of a skills kind of situation rather than being a general person who's who's just got into sales and, and not properly upskilled himself yeah so certainly for me uh, when i say curiosity or learning mindset or coachable these are the three mm-hmm. curiosity learning mindset or coachable correct all three are very adjacent you know curiosity mm-hmm. is about if i am talking to any sales person whom i am interviewing is the person curious correct, correct. what thing has he or she demonstrated which highlights the curiosity aspect correct, correct. 
the second is coachable correct you know is the person thinks that i know everything you know or is the person open for the eternal student mindset coachable correct. coachable word is very strong it is the adaptable comes within the part of coachable itself correct correct yeah and similarly learning mindset you know if we are able to say that you know i have done this 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 say lot of pride comes into picture negative pride correct uh-huh. when we have learning mindset the question is that what can i do what can i learn more which is part of coachable correct okay. so this parts within the learning mindset i do often ask people sometimes oh, which books are you reading okay and okay. that that i i don't take that as a you know 100% benchmark because not everybody is is a is into reading having said that okay. if you are not into reading and you are still demonstrating you know curiosity uh-huh. or learning mindset it could be what you have learned from your client experiences right okay. yeah. so uh, read the book certainly helps not reading a book doesn't mean that you can't demonstrate learning mindset through your experiences right mm-hmm. if if a person is meeting five clients how are you using that experience in three clients in remaining two correct right so that is one piece i certainly look at uh, the other thing which i also look at is uh, has the person the ratio of the person's variable salary to mm-hmm. fixed salary okay so if the person has constantly say let's say the variable salary is 100 rupees mm-hmm. and the fixed salary is 100 mm-hmm. the ratio is 1 or greater if the ratio of variable to fixed is greater than equal to 1 multiple times annually then that is a clear benchmark why okay. because you know typically the ratios are 70 30 because one is that people don't give that kind of structure incentive structure uh-huh. and if they are giving are you surpassing it con- consistently correct so if anybody is able to say i am doing 110 in variable and my fixed salary is 100 correct and i am doing it consistently more than once twice thrice i have done that is directly a filter correct that person has done something really well because correct. of which uh, the person is able to create value consistently correct and which is measured through a very tangible metric called incentive to uh, fixed salary ratio obviously correct correct Great. So, uh, Amit, uh, uh, talking about salespreneur, uh, of course, you have alluded to that term in the book, uh, and of course, you uh, talked about it in the podcast right now as well. What is a salespreneur? Why did you coin this term? Uh, can you tell me more about it? Yeah, so I think the why part is very important. So, when I was finishing the book, uh, you know, uh, the the question came, and I was I came from Vipassana. So, I think the when when a person goes inward. i think the the let me put it this way the magnet becomes stronger we all are magnets you know and we are creative magnets you know i think mindfulness in my case what it has done is that the magnetic power of creativity has increased because the universe was always there universe was always there whether i was creative enough you know or whether my magnetic power was used properly that mindfulness has helped so when i came uh, from uh, vipassana and i was also doing dssi dream science and symbols interpretation uh, my book was complete and you know i wanted to write epilogue which is the after the book finishes you know so what you know last me- message what is coming in your mind and the question came you know and the question came was that who will harness the true spirit of sales mm-hmm. so use case selling everything is finished correct the entire book is finished the question came who will harness the true spirit of sales so if you look at the question this question has two questions inside right mm-hmm. the first is what is the true spirit of sales mm-hmm. the second is who will harness it mm-hmm. because the question is who will harness the true spirit of sales however within that two questions are hidden correct and so first i was focusing on this question what is the true spirit of sales mm-hmm. so then i you know i was looking at the acronym sales and you know various forms were coming i was not satisfied so i sat in the meditation vipassana meditation and i asked the universe 
that you know please help me what is the true definition of sales what is this word represents and the mm -hmm. answer came in a vipassana meditation that s for serve a for authenticity love for expert uh, love l for love e for expertise and s for smile correct and that over couple of days it kind of refined and that is that address the why part you know so a sales preneur is needed because a sales in today's time we need to harness the true spirit of sales okay. whatever the perception of sales was pushy people you know people who are sleazy slimy you know rather than saying good all of that we saying we why we need people who harness the true spirit of sales correct that wow. was the why part correct of course the what part of of sales uh, salespreneur is that salespreneur creates epic sales now what is epic epic means something which is improbable and memorable yes you know so improb how part of salespreneur is use case selling how does he do he or she does it is by using a strategy which is uh, given mm -hmm. in use case sell there is another aspect of salespreneur which which is given in the book is that the salespreneur looks at sales from an angle of four key, key elements the mm -hmm. first element is element of joy so mm -hmm. when salespreneur thinks that when sales happen you know it creates joy when a purchase order comes a contract comes it creates joy within the fraternity wherever you are a company you know you, i mean you would have experienced it yes yourself am i correct yeah. yes yes absolutely <laughs> second factor is livelihood mm -hmm. salespreneur think that remember the example of 180 households right i i mentioned he, yeah. he she feels that the work which he or she is doing it is serving it is bringing bread on the table for lot of people so that sense of ownership and responsibility comes livelihood the third aspect is customer value a salespreneur thinks that he or she needs to create tangible metrics for the customer correct because customer needs to be benefited not academically in terms of tangible metrics which are set up and measured quarterly whatever frequency you you set it set it up so i am a proponent that in proposal itself they need to be identified not later correct okay. oh. and the fourth one is economic growth so imagine mm -hmm. a situation where sales is not happening in a country for mm -hmm. uh, for let's say one day you know okay. imagine a situation where the sales has declined or not happening for seven days we are currently mm -hmm. in such situations with covid 19 correct yeah what yeah. does it do we say recession is coming into picture you know mm -hmm. so a sales owner when he starts thinking that this does economic growth my work correct then he becomes salespreneur correct another okay. so element of salespreneur you know the harness is the true spirit of sales the address is the four key elements which we just discussed how uh -huh. by use case selling and what happens because of that epic sales wow wow very interesting so amit i have just finally two questions for you yeah. uh, today uh, uh, there is another trend like uh, in the industry of sales particularly is everything is getting digitized yeah. and of course we are using multiple softwares multiple tools multiple plugins uh, uh what is your general sense of these things are these things required of course uh, most of them say they are and i would want to ask uh, which are your favorite tools that you use in your day to day uh, work oh absolutely i think they are very much required and i said remember we talked about on x axis iq we talked about uh, on the x axis we talked about iq correct uh, and y axis we talked about eq okay correct. so let's say these digital skills are more on the iq front you know so let's mm -hmm. talk about some of them so for example one of the things which i really use is called grammarly grammarly uh, as a software what does it do it makes your communication crisper there are no grammatical errors you know uh, is very mm -hmm. very nice so that is one why grammarly because your communication to your customers becomes professional and it is reviewed by a tool correct correct Correct. That's one tool which is required. The second thing which I also recommend is, which is LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Correct. So why? Because if you have to size your market, if you have to size your market in B two B, now your buyers, at least in B two B space, are on LinkedIn. Okay. So Correct. 
by using appropriate filters on linkedin it is the uh-huh. world's largest data platform for b2b buyer Obviously. if i am selling to marketers and if i am selling in retail correct or if i am selling crm to tech companies all of those filters can be applied beautifully in sales navigator so you know who are you selling and where are you selling correct that can be easily identified from sales navigator okay also the signals part you know if we have to personalize our our experience with our uh, customers now let's say if you want to know who has joined in last 3 months correct sales navigator gives you that easily now we all know that within 3 months if somebody has joined there is highly likelihood to make a difference correct so people are more amenable perfect yeah similarly you can also use google alerts correct also linkedin sales navigator leads so if suppose i want to track a particular account a person correct mm-hmm. let's say i i'm selling to you yash so i will save mm-hmm. you as a lead in sales navigator correct mm-hmm. yeah or i want to know more about your company i will put that in google alerts so that yeah. will automatically come to my inbox correct mm-hmm. that suppose you have written an article correct mm-hmm. or your company has mentioned something mm-hmm. either on linkedin or on internet it will mm-hmm. come to me so these are signals which will come to me and then i can start my conversation so that's one part of digital correct the other aspects of digital is let's say something called as document tracking so if i'm sending a proposal to you or uh-huh. or a even not a proposal sometimes i'm selling a or sending a deck where i have mentioned certain proposition now how do i know one is whether you have opened my email for that there is email tracking tool as you know correct right? the other is how do i know whether you have opened that presentation and where you have spent what did you like <laughs> document tracking correct so linkedin also has point drive then you have attached.io there are many tools correct hotspot also has a tool called document tracking so in that suppose i have seven slides you know uh-huh. and if i have sent to you i will come to you know that you have spent what time in each slide correct correct and which that i am able to say okay first of all whether they are opening even or not correct mm-hmm. and where am i creating more value correct marketing team when they are doing it they will know which content is even being viewed yes absolutely correct? so this document tracking is another uh, software mm-hmm. which uh, which i would uh, highly recommend i think mm-hmm. combination of these things uh, also i think the ability to do in this current the uh, covid 19 scenario uh, the ability to use remote software which is let's say whether we like this one is like on zoom correct correct not so the ability to use zoom and the annotation capabilities the capability capability to have conversation so some of it is behavioral also see let's say zoom is a software uh-huh. Now, one is that when we do powerpoint presentation on zoom Uh-huh. are we presenting the entire slide or are we using let's say if the slide has seven bullets are we uh-huh. doing that click thing where one bullet is coming after the other we talk about one bullet and then the next one comes correct, correct. So this is more of how do we use powerpoint in the digital world correct a presentation capabilities which are more conversational uh-huh. yes rather than you are presenting those seven slide uh, seven points together because it's too much information correct so that's that's a very good tip yeah yeah so some of these things you know combination of this if you notice all of these things will enable are very relevant in all times especially current times because in current times face to face meetings are not that easy uh, yes is that correct absolutely yeah <laughs> no chance we need to engage our our prospects our customers in a remote manner using go to meeting or uh, zoom behaviorally being aligned where we are having conversations creating presentations which are conversational where we are presenting less and talking more you know we correct. when we present something then we ask correct and correct. similarly using tools like linkedin sales navigator document tracking tools like hubspot correct and email tracking tools correct mm-hmm. some of these things if we start using you know correct uh, this will start helping i i would say less is more when we do content on a slide the more visual the slide is and the key message in the top correct correct 
so a lot of time people feel that a lot of slides is a problem it is never a problem lot of content in a slide is a problem correct very so good sir human yes. mind can't after six or seven objects you know you can do a testing also you will not remember it there is a there is a beautiful ted talk called death by powerpoint you can yes. you the audience can look at it there the speaker clearly demonstrate that human mind can't remember after six to seven objects so we it is okay to increase the slides however it is better to have less number of content in a slide more visual content coming in a transition model one by one rather than everything together if we do these things it will serve us in addition to tools behaviorally also we need to align perfect perfect so yeah to summarize probably grammarly uh, linkedin sales navigator which covers a lot of the things like even document tracking correct uh, some e- email tracking tools definitely uh, then these remote communication tools correct. zoom is of course one of the best so yeah yes. yeah and then finally amit uh, for for my last question of the day yes. uh, uh, i want to talk about this uh, philosophy uh, if if that is the right way to put it uh, about the one thing again yeah. uh, you've alluded to this in the book uh, yeah. that it has helped you a lot uh, you i kind of you you used it in the interview today in the in the podcast today as well yeah what is the idea of this one thing and yeah why should we pay attention to it you know absolutely so if you look at one thing you, you mentioned about pareto principle correct uh, yeah. uh, what is pareto principle yes from your perspective so it's like a 80 20 rule what is the 20% of the things that would give you 80% of the results correct and if you have can give some examples on 2080 which people normally use uh let's say 20% I, of of sales people give 80% of results 20% mm-hmm. of customer give 80% of revenue 20% correct. of batsmen score 80% of runs in cricket 20% yes. of people in the world have 80% of wealth and so on correct perfect right so that's 2080 rule now imagine you your ceo has given you a task that identify 100 things which you can improve on sales correct so when you apply pareto principle what will you come up with that which are the 20 people which correct. are the 20 things yes 20 things so out of 100 yes. you will come with 20 now yes, yes. please apply to uh, pareto principle again on this 20 what will you come with uh, yeah so the 20% for 20 will be 4 4 so now yeah. please apply pareto principle again on this 4 what will you come with that will be again 20% of 4 that will be 0.8 point 0.8 or close to 1 so yeah. basically the one thing what it does is that it says that keep applying pareto principle mm-hmm. unless you until you need the one thing until you reach the one thing correct okay so one wow. and if you look at let me give you an example so you know on uh, 2017 december mm-hmm. i mentioned this in the book also it was a time of uh, your uh, i mean for me it was year end so what we call as resolutions right so i was thinking of yeah. so many things i this book i was reading this wonderful book the one thing right which has inspired my book the ultimate sales accelerator the subtitle yeah. which we one surprisingly powerful strategy to create epic sales in business and in life the entire book Correct. is based on one strategy which is use case selling yeah. so yeah. i was thinking in 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 december of 2017 of this year i have to do meditation i have to spend time with kids i have to do exercising i have to read books i have to start for office early i have to come to office early i have to sleep early i have to eat early there were so many things which were coming correct and then i was when this would be one more year where i will think so many things and do none correct so i asked this question you know which which is given in this book which is uh, which is what is the one resolution or one habit i can develop in 2018 such that by doing it everything else would be easier or unnecessary correct and what was that and that answer was join the 5 am club Wow. Okay. So the, the you said it was none of them, and what happened is on January two, two thousand eighteen, I woke up first time. It was very troublesome to wake up because it is winter time, and my body said you needn't wake up. You have never woken up at five a.m. consistently. Stay. My mind said, "Are this time you have agreed only on one thing? Please at least agree do that." Wow. So I woke up, yes. and then when I woke up, I said, "Now what to do?" Because nobody is is awake i am the only person 
So I looked at my book library, which was untouched, started reading the book, correct? Correct. Uh, that became a habit over time. Then you know, I started cycling because again, you know, 15 minutes, 17 minutes of cycling around two kilometers, mm-hmm. uh, four kilometers up and down, correct? Because of this, I started going to office or if I am working from home, starting around 8 a.m. early. Correct. Because of which, if I go to office now also, I leave around 3.30, correct? Uh, okay. Or if I finish, uh, you know, when I'm working from home, around 5, 5.30, I'm done. Correct. So by 7 p.m., my laptop is shut down. That means Correct. I can eat at uh, 7, 7.15, which means that, uh, you know, two hours gap between eating and sleeping is enabled, which is around 9.15. Correct. Uh, and wow. because of that, I'm also able to tell my kids sleep at around 9 p.m. So I tell them stories. Correct. At around 9, 8, 45 to 9. And then I sleep 9.15, maximum 9.30. And because of that, I can automatically wake up by 5 because 7 and a half hours to 8 hours sleep is enough for me. So if you notice, you know, whatever things I wanted, whether it was reading, meditating, you know, physical fitness, whether it's cycling or all of those things coming up to office. Uh, and this also enabled me to get time to write the book. Okay. <laughs> Certain things which I didn't think of. So that's the power of one thing. The same thing we can apply that one thing in sales also. So for we are going to a meeting to a client. We can say if I have to present only one slide to this client, which one will that? If we have to present one success story, which is relevant to this client and which will be of service, which one success story will I present? If I have to say which one skill I need to develop within myself and within my team for sales within this quarter, we can element add an element of time also, which is that. Correct. So this, Correct. this one thing is a very, remember it is also applicable to one question. What is the one question can I ask? Correct. Correct. It's Correct. a very wonderful uh, thing. And in my case, it has helped me a lot. The book idea came also from that, that when, when I had multiple ideas, I was clear that I'm writing on sales. What idea? That was going, you know, in my mind. So I was sitting with my wife, July of 2018, and you know, I was having breakfast, and a question came: If somebody asked me, "What is the one thing that has contributed maximum to my success in sales?" What would I respond? And the answer was use case thing. Correct. So the entire book, the Ultimate Sales Accelerator, one surprisingly powerful strategy to create epic sales in business and in life, is based on that one thing. I hope it gives you an idea of what one thing is. Absolutely. That, that's very powerful. I must say the idea of that you started waking up early and then all the things aligned yes. or got aligned in your life. That's, that's, that's quite motivational. I would say. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, so thank, thank you very much Amit for your time today. I had a wonderful time speaking to you. I, I hope uh, you had some good time as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for your uh, time. It is always pleasure to talk, share and learn from each other. So I'm glad yeah. I can service. Thank you very much. Thank you. Amit. And finally, on that note, uh, if, if someone would want to get in touch with you, uh, to yeah. contact you, discuss things with you, uh, yeah. um, how, how, how should they? Yeah, the easiest form is LinkedIn. Uh, yes, I, you also reached out to me on LinkedIn. And, uh, LinkedIn is, uh, gets the uh, top of the mind because uh, in my context, you know, so LinkedIn is the number one. Uh, second would be my website called www.salespreneur.co. And these are the yeah. two things where uh, you know, people can reach out to me and I would be glad to be of any help. Perfect. Then. Perfect. So th- thank you very much once again. And uh, yeah, thank good day. Thank you.